And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to My Public Life as an American Nerd. I am your host, David K. Montoya. Welcome back, kids. It's It has been a week, hasn't it? Goodness. I was going through the, the news today as far as entertainment-wise and trying to figure out what I want to talk about. And there was plenty of stuff to talk about. It was just trying to dig through everything and, and find the meat you know, on the bone, because there's, there's just like, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but I, you know, I, I really want to bring you what you guys want, what I think would entertain you the most, you know, and sometimes it, it just, there's, there's things out there that just makes you scratch your head and wonder why, and Though it's it's not a, a beautiful happy ending story, you know it's it needs to be addressed, <laughs> and that's my opener for our first story of this week. Um, you know, back in uh, 2010, uh, more specifically, it was Halloween night 2010. The very first episode of the very first season of The Walking Dead came out. And I was enamored. Oh, my God. I was just, oh, take my money. I mean, granted, it was a TV series, you know. But, I mean, you know, take my money as far as, like, cable provider kind of thing. And I just, I enjoyed it. I watched it for three three seasons. And um, I think as the, the end of the third season concluded, I, I just, I had lost interest and I know it continued on for several years afterwards. And, and then just recently, as I've been kind of plowing through all the information that's out there, that, you know, they, they are killing off Rick Grimes. Well, first they felt they killed off Carl Grimes, which, you know, was dispute over his money. And, you know, that was kind of the end of things, I felt, because... You know, he was a big player, and that was Rick's main motivation. And now we find out that Rick has died. And I don't know if you've seen it yet or not, if you watch it or you've seen it online. But the way that they had him die was just like, after all the crap that he's gone through, he dies like that. And it was just like, ah, man. To me, it was a letdown. But what we didn't know going into the series, or not the series, but the episode, was The Walking Dead. Rick's final episode was also Maggie's. And then in parentheses, at least for now. That's right. I guess... I guess Maggie's done for a while, too, if not done completely. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But this does come with a warning. Uh, the warning says, The following article contains spoilers for The Walking Dead Season 9 episode, What Comes After, which premiered Sunday on AMC. And it reads, The bombshells keep coming, as AMC has confirmed Sunday's episode of The Walking Dead was the last for Loan Collins' Maggie Ray, at least for the time being. Fans have known for months that Andrew Lincoln was stepping down from his role as Rick Grimes, that Cohen would only appear in a handful of episodes as Maggie, while both stars remain tight-lipped on whether their exits would be permanent. It's a surprise to learn that Rick focused what comes after was also Maggie's last episode for now. Hmm. I wonder why. I wonder if it says what the motivation is. Speaking to The Hollywood Reporter, showrunner 
Angela Kong confirmed that's the last of her for this season. We've been talking to Lauren and hopefully we'll get to tell more of her story. We definitely have some things up our sleeves that we'll, we'd love to do. A lot of that is a scheduling conversation. So hopefully that will all work out because I think mutually we would like to continue with Maggie's story for sure. AMC, AMC programming president David Madden added, I would hope it's not the last we see of her for the show, but she is not in any immediate forthcoming episodes. Hopes that Cohen will return is good news for fans of Maggie, but the use of forthcoming episodes makes it sound as if The Walking Dead has no plans to bring back Maggie in the near future. Cohen's starring role in ABC's Whiskey Cavalier and lengthy contract negotiation with AMC led to her bowing out of The Walking Dead for the first time since her arrival in Season 2. While Maggie and Rick fans are presumably over the moon that the two fan favorites have lived to fight another day, there is bound to be a feeling that Cohen received a short end of the stick this season. There was an emotional showdown between Maggie and Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Negan, but the scene was relatively minute compared to Rick's supersized swan, swan song. The Walking Dead is set to confuse fans yet again in Season 9 with another time jump and a shifted focus on an older Judith Grimes. Even though the second jump seems to introduce a new character like Magna and Yukimo, it leaves a question mark over who would lead the hilltop and whether Baby, him, Baby Herschel himself has headed to new pastures with Maggie. Airing Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific Time, on AMC, The Walking Dead stars a whole bunch of people that are dropping out like flies. I'm not even going to read it because it's just like <laughs> it starts off with, uh, uh, you know, Andrew Lincoln and uh, Cohen. And I'm like, boom, they're gone. It's just like, what? Okay, this is all about money. And I don't get AMC. Because they've made their money back. And the actors and the characters, it's not the zombies. And I, I it, obviously, I think that that's what it comes down to is the, the thinking of the heads is that, oh, the fans are turning in because they just want to see the zombies. But it's not the zombies. It's the human characteristics of survival among the people of the group. And to get rid of the main character, I don't care how you slice it and how political you try to get it, Rick Grimes was the main character of the show. Rick Grimes is the main character of the comic book. And to get rid of him, and yeah, I know they say that they're going to bring him back in a movie and you know, some silliness like that, but it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Because you're getting rid of the main character on a weekly basis. And now you're getting rid of the secondary, which is the, the lead female, my concern. And it's all about money. Yeah, you know, these people are wanting more money, but they've invested their time. And AMC needs to stop being so stinking greedy because you're making your money. You've, you're making profit now. What is it? After the first two seasons, it becomes profit? Okay, you're in season nine. You're making profit. And you really, you should just move along and pay these people what they're worth and kept it interesting. To the fans that have been loyal enough to stick along. Now, I, like I said, I, I'll be the first one to say, no, 
I I dropped out after season three, the beginning of season four. I, I'll be the first one to say that because I felt that it was just, I don't know, didn't grab my attention anymore. Something just didn't seem right. But I know there's people like my sister, even my mom. My mom loved The Walking Dead, especially the whole Negan thing. She was totally into it. But, uh, you know, and obviously it's there. It's The fans are still there if you're going into season nine. And if you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. And I, normally I see political undertones that are motivated. But this is purely just greed and money. And AMC, I think, is slinging it on enough money to other shows that they could have kept their number one show number one with their original actors. Uh, that again, that's just my opinion, and it kind of ruffles my feathers a, a little bit, and I apologize. So, all right, uh, let's see, where do I want to go? Let's go a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. As we read Star Wars Episode Nine, reportedly a course correction. For Lucas Films. Oh, all right. Okay, it says a new report indicates that Lucas Film hopes Star Wars Episode Nine will put the franchise back on the right track after a disappointing box office haul for Solo, a Star Wars story. Now I'm going to put a pin right there because. It wasn't Solo's fault. Okay? It was Episode 8's fault. Episode 8 was terrible. I, I, I'm just saying it. It was terrible. There were so many wrong moves. And I don't care how the media tries to press it down your throat. Oh, it was great. It was great. It was wonderful. And I don't care how much they pressure the actor's into changing what they said from originally saying it sucked to now it's wonderful. The movie was terrible. And the only reason why Solo was a bomb at the box office is because people were protesting how bad The Last Jedi was. Okay, so it's not Solo's fault. Okay, let's, get, let's just go ahead and jump back to what the report says. It says... <clears throat> The report comes from Variety's article on how several major studios are pursuing J.J. Abrams for a record-breaking mega-deal. According to the article, Lucasfilms is approaching Episode 9 as a course correction following the failure of Solo's to meet expectations. I just explained why it was failed. Okay? Solo only earned a little over $392 million worldwide upon the release in May. The film is currently the least successful in the history of Star Wars franchise and may have lost Disney over $50 million. Aiden Enrich, the actor who played Solo in the film, is signed on for three films with Disney, which means he could still return to the role, return to the role in some capacity and other spin-off films set during the time period. However, Solo itself is unlikely to get a sequel. Abrams, who directed 2015's Force Awakens, is returning to direct the chair following the departure of Colin Trevor Trevor in September 2017. Production of Episode 9 began in August, according to a tweet from Abrams. Director and co-written, or directed and co-written by J.J. Abrams, Star Wars Episode 9 stars uh, Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o, Kelly Marie Tran, Billy Lord, Carrie Russell, Matt Smith, Anthony Daniels, Mark Hamill, Billy D. William, Carrie Fisher, Whew. Uh, Richard E. Grant. The film is scheduled to open on December 20th, 2019. Now, that's not really giving you a whole bunch of information. That's kind of more of a clickbait. But 
you know, it it's um it, it is unfair. It is legitimately unfair to blame Solo because Solo was a good movie. I I enjoyed it. I I seen it twice in the movie theaters, and I I've talked about it before. You know, I went to go see it at the Chinese theater. It's a TLC Chinese theater on a, a IMAX screen. It was amazing. First time I saw it, and then I got to see it again with my son, uh, regular screen, and it was good. It was amazing. It was it was a fun. I I purchased the the Blu-ray, so it's just something that. People, I don't get it, guys. I really don't understand why is it that people cannot accept responsibility for their failures and want to place it off on somebody else. Episode 8 was crap. And I'm reading it where people are like defending it to the tooth. I'm like, why? Why are you defending this? Because you're being told? To defend this, you're being told that this is good. It's not. Use some common sense. Watch all of the movies. Understand it. Okay? Lucas said this was a space opera. And it's about the conflict between the father and son. Okay? Now, yes, we go into the prequels, and the prequels can be debated whether people like them or not. I like them. Okay, but that was the backstory on Darth Vader. That's pretty much what all that was about, okay? Then what we grew up in, and I say we, you know, people around my age group, were 4, 5, and 6, which was the conflict between father and son, okay? That is Star Wars. Now, moving into the new trilogy, what is the conflict? Does anybody even know what the conflict is? That is an issue. That is the big issue. No one knows what... Okay, because, like I said, the first one is the backstory on Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker. Second is, you know... Anakin, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, father and son conflict. Okay? Third. Now we're going into the third film for this final trilogy. And you're asking, what is it about? And you're like, I have no clue. Is it about Rey? Okay. Or is it about Kylo Ren? Okay. See, there's no direction. And I think that's the big thing, is there's just no direction. You're just, they're just... And then if they would have stuck on course and followed the formula that they had for The Force Awakens, I think it would have been good. But it's just... It was one of those situations where they just let uh, Brian Johnson do what he want, and he thought he knew. Just because you're a fan doesn't make it automatically a good idea and i know a lot of people are like oh he's a super fan i see you know i've seen it done many times before but just because you you're a fan you enjoy it and you think it should be done in a certain way doesn't mean it should be and that is proof in the last jedi i've i i purchased because i'm a collection you know i'm a completist i i i that's just what i do i have all the star wars movies i have the last jedi and I put it in there once since I bought it. I put it in there once. I couldn't finish it, and it's been setting in my my catalog forever, just because it's to me it's unwatchable, and that that says something. And to put the blame on Solo for the the crap that is the Last Jedi is is unfair because I tell you right now, if the if Solo would have came out before the Last Jedi, Solo would have had higher numbers all right i'm getting off my uh my soapbox here kids i i'm, I'm ranting and i apologize uh okay let's go ahead and jump to marvel as this caught my attention and i'm like really okay because we all know that chris evans says that he's done with being captain america okay whatever 
And they're like, well, who's going to do the new Captain America? And then it says, John Cena in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? A cryptic photo fuels Captain America speculation. And I tried to write it in, read it in my best news voice, you know, from the 1940s. Newsflash, with Chris Evans returning coy on whether or not Steve Rogers, Captain America, will die or retire in Avengers 4 next May. Fans are already speculating who could don the shield. However, if WWE superstar and actor John Cena has his way, his time could be now to become Marvel's star-spangled Avenger on the big screen. That actually kind of hurts my voice. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll read it normal for you. Uh, Cena posted a cryptic image to his Instagram with no text written, displaying an image of Captain America's battle-damaged shield that was last seen in Captain America's Civil War. It's worth noting, though, that Cena has made a similar tease in the past about HBO's Watchmen series, so this could be pure fun. Maybe something meant to gamer fans supposed to support for a possible run on the roll or nothing at all. And then it shows a little, uh, so shows John Cena and then Captain America with the scratches on it, the shield. That's it. That's, there's nothing really, there's no words or anything. And then it says, then again, given Cena's motto, hustle, loyalty, respect, and his consistent love for military service and America on the whole, when he's in the ring, Cena might as well be on the casting block, as he already a huge fan of all things geek, especially comics. As it stands, though, while Sam Wilson, Falcon, Anthony Mackie, and Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, Sebastian Shaw, or Stan, sorry, Sebastian Shaw is an X-Men, actually he's Hellfire, <laughs> um, are set for their own Disney series. Oh yeah, I remember reading that. Uh, theorists have pegged either to weld the shield as Roger's successor, successor, just like the comics. So, if Cena does end up getting a role, it's certainly a move for Marvel Studios none of us would have seen coming. The untitled sequel to Avengers... Infinity War will be released on May 3rd, 2019, which is again directed by Joe and Anthony Russo. Marvel's Avenger 4 stars Robert Downey Jr., Josh Brolin, Mark Garofalo, Tom Hiddleston, Chris Evans, Chris Helmsworth, Jeremy Renner, Chris Pratt, Elizabeth Olsen, Sebastian Stan, Benedict Cumberbatch, Paul Burney's Samuel L. Jackson, Kobe Schmalder, Benedict Wong, Zoe Zaldano, Karen Gorillian, Vin Diesel, Dave Bautista, Palm, I can't even pronounce that last name if I really want to try to, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Holland, and Anthony Mackie. And that's pretty much it for that one. That, oh. So, you know, I don't know. I, I There was a, a a picture, and it wasn't even anything related to this. It was just a fan post, and it it had um, John Cena photoshopped as the U.S. agent from the '90s, and I thought that was clever. I did. I thought that was very clever. Uh, you know, I, I would okay. You know, I, I'd be interested to see if if he would. Yeah, give it a shot. Why not? I mean, if if we have to get rid of Captain America for the sake of telling the story, which, you know, I, again, and I, I've brought this up before, is that I believe that what they're doing is they're doing kind of an onslaught hero's return story. But because at the time they didn't own the rights to onslaught, they had to go that route of the Infinity, you know, with Thanos. And so they took the Infinity Gauntlet and squashed it with the Onslaught story, and that's what we're getting right now. And I think I think it's a good idea, you know, as long as they keep course and they don't 
try to diversify everything. And I, I'm just being honest here, kids, is they're trying to diversify. How do I say this? They diversify the characters in, and and we're saying this as Marvel because Marvel has literally thousands of characters, and they wiped out the original characters and they changed it up. They made them different from who they are, and they're well, they're paying the price right now. In fact, I have the next article I'm going to read is, is talks about that. But right now they're trying to push that same motif. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, well, according to what I'm reading online, I've actually not seen anything physically with my own eyes. It's just for hearsay. And I hope they don't because I believe, I believe that the same thing will happen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that's happening to what's, well, what's happening right now to the actual Marvel comics. And... I'm sure you're probably wondering, well, what's going on? Well, let me go ahead and, and pull this up, and we'll talk about this. Because it's it's definitely worth happening. And I, I feel, and of course, I think that might go back to what we were saying about taking responsibility. It might be pandered off to somebody else, but I really think that it, it's because of the diversity and the mix-up in the stories that they've done to try to bring in new people instead of going with the same formula that's worked for 70-plus years. So I'll stop with the, the leading, and I'll, I'll go ahead and read it to you. It says, High-profile comics arrive in September, but sales were sluggish. Now, just think about all this, okay? Think about everything. Now I, I have to tell you as I read this, this is this is pretty new information. So just think about it all as a, a whole. And I'll I'll try to break it down for you. Because there's <clears throat> okay, here we go. I'm rambling. September twenty eighteen had six million six hundred and ninety seven thousand nine hundred and sixty six units or comic books and the top three hundred comic list an increase of 100,895 units comic books from last month this is slightly above the monthly average of 6,633,422 units for the top 300 comics the month features the return of Wolverine the launch of DC Black Label, the start of Spider Gwendon, Spider Geddon, that's what that is, Geddon, sorry, Spider Geddon. Somebody email me that. I've not even heard of that. So let me know. The comic book's launch of Stranger Things and the kickoff of Heroes in Crisis event at DC. Given all of that, the increase of 100,895 feels a little unimpressive. Now, and it's just showing, okay, it's, you know, the big two is carrying most of it, and then image, and then everybody else. But it's interesting to make note, though, okay? is that I'm looking at a color bracket and IDW and Dark Horse have a marginal piece. It's about two-thirds what Image is producing. But then in the dark, dark blue, it says other publishers which I'm thinking is the independence, you know, like like us, Dark Myth Comics. So that, it's kind of nice to see that the independents are picking up some steam. And then it goes to Marvel Comics placed 3,273,395 units in the top 300 comics, an increase of 52,565 units. DC placed 
2,212,146 units in the top 300 and increased 77,000. Yeah, 77,435 units. Marvel, or, uh, Image Comics has placed 506,555 units. Yeah, that's right. 506,555 units. A lot of fives in that one. And the top 300, which decreased 26,987 units. And I, I have uh, a gut feeling that has to do with The Walking Dead because of the show that's just interesting none of the publishers changed significantly significantly from the last month with dc having the largest change of any publisher with just 77,435 just that's funny just you know most independent uh publishers micro publishers like myself would dream only dream of that that's crazy so let's see, as we move down more, we're looking at uh, different things. Okay, and it says the upswing is that 1,990,549 units from new and increased sales was enough to com compensate for the downswing of the loss of 1,889,000 thousand six hundred fifty four units and lost in sales okay that's interesting and let's see I'm just curious to see what we got here continuing titles and gain okay more issue stable sales new titles Okay, returning, returning is low, wow, returning titles is really low. I, I, It's one of those things that I can't really, because it's bar graph, so I can't really explain it. So, uh, okay, no, orders. okay, that's just what it is, I guess. Annuals. And, okay, so this is what we've got going, continuing titles, grand sales. Venom is number one. That says a lot. Okay, <laughs> Venom is the top. I mean, what? I, I don't know. Okay. I had to take a drink. Sorry, kids. So, as of September, Venom is this, the number one selling with 9,282. And then Champions was 3,420. Oblivion Song, which I haven't even heard of, is 3,293. Are you hearing these numbers? Red Hood and the Outlaws, 2,817. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, 2,563. X-Men Blue, 2,365. Now... Think about this. I want you to think about this for reals. The X Men sold 2,365 comic books in 1991. I believe it was 1991. X Men number one, volume two, sold over 1 million units for one issue. And now they're selling 2,365. That should really say something. That should really say something. That is wow. Wow. Thor sold 2,005 comics. Harley Quinn sold 1,503. X-Men Gold sold 1,496. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Hack slash... Uh, hack slash... I've never even heard of that. Sold 1,070. Ice Cream Man. Never even heard of that. Sold 921. 
Runaways, 776. Aquaman, 9, or 696. The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, 571. Wow. Star Wars. Star Wars. Dr. Arfa. Or Arfa? Only sold 453. X-Men Red. They're saying it only sold 128. Batman Beyond, 119. X-23? How is it? Wow. Wow. It's saying X-23 only sold 83 units. Scooby-Doo, Team Up, 78. And Last Siege, never even heard of it. It sold 62. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. That says a lot. That really says a lot. The continuing title gains category accounted uh, for 605,288 in the top 300 comics and increased of 33,676 units. Venom not only increased sales by 9,282 units, there was a strong reorder activity on some of the previous issues. And mind you that I, I just, wow. Well, yeah, because Venom is brand new. Venom, they just released Venom to correlate with the movie. So that makes sense. That does make sense. Okay. So as we go down to the next one, and I, I, I'm going to try not to get stuck on this um, because these numbers are just mind-blowing to me. So I'm, And I still got, well, I got one more that I, at least I really want to talk about. So uh, I'll try not to get stuck on these numbers. Um, more issues is, let's see, Venom first host is seven seventy nine thousand one hundred eighty avengers is sixty four thousand nine hundred and fifty five immortal hulk and they're talking about full profit here right continuing titles more issues okay uh immortal hulk 70 or let me see immortal hulk forty three thousand four hundred twelve star wars in a general is 42,669. You know, when I was, when I first started doing independent publishing, you weren't considered, uh, you know, anything publisher wise if you couldn't sell 30,000 comics. You had to sell 30,000 comics. And now Star Wars is just barely selling more than that. And, and the total, we're talking total here. Titans, 26,003. Nightwing, 24,743. Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, 24,000. Only 24,590. In total, we're talking total. Um, Spider-Man, Deadpool, crossover, 19,954. Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider, 11,873. Invader, Invader Zim, 6,894. And Transformers Lost Light 5,443. Continuing titles, more issue category accounted for 702,787 units in the top 300 comics and increased of 349,716. There were five shipping weeks in August and four in September. The fourth issue of Venom, first host, released September, sold 79,180 units. So this is all combined. Good Lord in heaven. That is really weak. Uh, more units combined than first issue sold. There is a sharp second issue drop. But the decline after that was relatively minor. Avengers, Immortal Hulk, Star Wars, Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, Spider-Man Deadpool, Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider released two issues in September compared to the single issue released for each of those titles in August. So, geez, that's even worse, guys, because 
they're they're saying oh my goodness so it's it's combined august september okay uh let's see then let's see what are these it just says continuing titles stable cells and it just says negative 17 exo man of war negative 27 spongebob negative 32 ducktales negative 54 star wars the last jedi episode uh adaptation doctor who negative 58 negative 99 is mage negative 102 is yugi yugabo the hidden uh negative 117 is steven universe negative 133 is buffy the vampire slayer season 12 the reckoning 130 negative 135 the shadow man negative 157 is wild storm michael cray negative 168 is raven daughter of darkness negative 178 is teen titans go negative 192 dead hand negative 197 skyward one negative 208 is britannica lost eagle of rome negative 212 my little pony ponyville mysteries negative 217 dark arc to negative 225 days of hate negative 244 quantum and woody and negative 249 star wars adventures the continuing title stable cells category accounted for one 141,547 units in the top 300 and decreased by 3,021 units the cell stability of exoman man of war dropped only 17 units which is noteworthy given how different the story arc can be from each issue the narrative has shifted from being set on an alien planet to telling a flashback tale in ancient times to current arc more likely tied in current events in the Valiant Comics. And it goes on more. It just it's just really comics are are you would think you would really think that they would put more thought into these because there's just so much more okay let's see it says new titles the new titles are the return of wolverine which did the best business out of it all two uh, two hundred thousand two hundred and sixty thousand four hundred eleven heroes in crisis did 140 thousand seven hundred three batman damned ninety five thousand four eighty one stranger things did sixty thousand one hundred thirty four justin league odyssey fifty seven thousand one thirteen um as guardians of the galaxy forty thousand nine hundred forty five iceman thirty eight thousand nine hundred six dreaming thirty seven thousand two hundred fifty seven infinity war soldier supreme thirty four thousand nine hundred ninety nine Infinity War, Iron Hammer, 34,661. House of Whispers, 28,345. Cover, don't even know what that is. 27,353. Buffy, or Bully War, sorry, 27,131. Cemetery Beach, never heard of it, 22,093. Maneater. Okay. Uh, 18,900. Excuse me, 18,619. United States versus Murder Inc. Never heard of that. 18,534. Vampirella. And uh, I don't know what that is. 17,000. Border Town, 15,261. Mystery Science Theater, 3,000. How do you do that? How do you turn that into a comic? Uh, 14,627, Rick and Morty presents Sleepy Gary, 12,029, Jinx World Sampler, 12,008, Archie, 1941, 11,944, Star Trek's Transformers, 11,585, James Bond's Origin, 10,825, Go Go Power Rangers, Back to School, 10,054, Wicked and Divine, 9,801. 
burnouts, 9,346. Uh, let's see. Dick Tracy, Dead or Alive, 8,766. Wrong Earth, 8,248. G.I. Joe, Real Milk and Hero, Silent Operation, uh, 7,678. And let's see. True Believer, Marvel Knights, 20th Anniversary, Luke Cage, Fantastic Four, 6,009. Doctor Who, the 13th Doctor, 5,819. Yeah, I'm jumping now because this long, this list is just really, really long. Um, Grim, Grim Tale of Terror, Halloween Edition, 4,245, Uncle Scrooge, My First Million, 4,077, Call of Duty, Zombies 2, 4,055, and rolling it out is WWE NXT TakeOver Blueprint, 4,013. The new title category accounted for 1,190,964 in the top 300, and I wonder how many comments... Uh, books I, I don't even want to do that anyway it increased 1,190,000 units and that's okay that's exactly the number of what they sold interesting okay and and it goes into a number two page wow um it says wolverine launched in 2000 or sorry Wolverine, The Return, launched with 260,411 units thanks to the typical heavy use of incentive covers by Marvel. The result will be sharp second issue drop next month as we see this month on Fantastic Four. As long as the heavy use of incentive covers continue to work for Marvel, they will continue to use it, not doing so would effectively losing money on the table, which would be irresponsible thing for them to do. So there you go, guys. It's just the numbers are falling and falling and falling, and there's just not really much. I, I'm really shocked. There's there's not much left to to cover as far as comic books anymore. It just seems like, you know, I think. I don't know. It's wow. I might actually have to sit down and read the the rest of this all when I'm off off air. I'm just kind of surprised. It's really, I'm really shocked. I didn't. I knew that the state of the comic books were were getting really slim. So yeah, interesting. Okay, I've got one more article to cover. Um, this one's for a friend. And um, I know I'm running a little bit over, but I, I want to read this one because of how much time I spent on the last one. Um, <clears throat> this one, this one is interesting because I've been following it and I've enjoyed Spawn for a long time. And I know that Todd McFarlane is working really hard with Bloomhouse to produce something unique and interesting. And I know that they're having a heck of a time trying to get it out on distributors. So when this was sent to me, I was like, oh, what a brilliant idea. And it reads, Spawn, Todd McFarlane, open to selling movie to Netflix. Uh, yeah, right? That's an excellent idea. It says, although production on Todd McFarlane's Spawn reboot doesn't begin for another eight months, the writer, producer, and new director is already focusing on the future. While getting ready for Spawn production to ramp up, McFarlane sat down with comicbook.com to talk about the future of his comic creator-owned character. When it comes to Al Simmons and his supporting cast of characters, McFarlane says his creation might have a future home at Netflix or any other streaming service, for that matter. That's smart. Yes to all the above, McFarlane confirmed when asked if he even, or if he'd even, ah, sorry guys. Yes to all the above, 
McFarland confirmed when asked if he'd ever sell a spawn property to a streaming service. I think the world's changing in front of our very eyes and how we're going to consume not only entertainment, but even movies. There might be a day when you hit a button and Star Wars is on your computer and you won't have to go to the theater. I agree with that. At the end of the day, McFarlane simply wants fans of his character to consume the movie and shows he makes regardless of the means in which they consume the entertainment. I want human beings to see it, McFarlane reflected. Whenever that device, or whatever that device is, whatever the delivery mechanism is, I'm not going to get married to a distribution model that may not be as relevant or as efficient because that's how you used to do it. I'll talk to all of them. During a previous interview, McFarlane revealed that Spawn won't necessarily look like Michael Jaw White's interpretation of the character in 1997 movie. Does Spawn have a dark mask and his body dark? And then does he have a cape in the comic book? Yes, yes, yes. Will he have all that in the movie? Yes, 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 McFarlane told us. So it's not like I'm going to give him wings instead of a cape, and I'm not going to give him no mask instead of a mask. There's no going to be any of that. It just won't be exactly what a hardcore fan is used to. But I'm hoping that people who just go and are familiar with Spawn will say, Yeah, that's in the box. And people who know nothing about Spawn will go, Wow, that's cool. And I have designed for film goers, not comic book fans. Because film goers are going to be bigger than the pool of comic book fans. I I can I see where that is. I mean, it, it's not something necessarily lovely for comic book fans, but it works. It says, as we close here, Spawn will feature Jamie Foxx as the film's character with Avenger star Jeremy Renner set to play fan favorite Detective Twitch. And that is it in a nutshell. We have got so much information into this one single episode. Thank you for coming in. I hope that you find this entertaining and you come back next week and we do it all over again. And I'll do my best to pull in more information. As always, if you have any idea or any thoughts that you'd like me to cover, you can always reach me at mypubliclife at jayzomon, J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N.com, and let me know what you want me to cover. So for this week, for My Public Life as an American Nerd, I am David Kimmel Toya, and for this week, I bid you adieu.